0: Bitchin, thanks for calling in, guys. Yeah, thank you. so funny. I was just talking to my uh, my buddy Nathan the other day. Nathan Young. We were talking about the Kill Switch show, and I was like, "You gonna go?" And he's like, "No, nah, I got to go film this video and up Dude. in the mountains." And and then I see him posting Dude, we... pictures, and and it's with you.
1: Yeah, man. It was uh, just yesterday. We were in a freaking waterfall. It was awesome.
0: How long did it take to shoot? Um, it, it was stretched throughout
1: the, like the earlier part of the day. But yeah, just getting everyone out to the location was probably the tough part. <laughs> Carrying our gear, like guitars, through like uh, this this crazy, treacherous. You know, we're getting head of backwoods into some water top, waterfall territory all, all my gear got wet everyone got wet it was pretty lovely
0: oh man <laughs> i can't wait to see the uh, the end result I once it's all done it? <laughs> it, it it looks really cool it
1: looks awesome
0: awesome so what's going on there in the background someone making dinner or lunch or something
1: <laughs> i think i rel- YouTube's re- getting it on yeah, I'm reluctantly making some coffee
0: Okay, I'm like, wait, someone's, like, building something or doing something yeah, back there. I don't
1: really drink coffee anymore. I mean, like, I've had it, like, once or twice in the last, like, eight, nine months. I'm puff-sitting this dog, and then I went and saw my family yesterday, and everybody gets up, like, crazy early. So, I've got to yeah, <laughs> Got to save everyone. Yeah, when you... the visiting family. Yeah, they need to get up at, like, six. The dog gets up at six and wants to go out to the bathroom and whatnot. So, it's like
0: about like five hours before i normally get away <laughs> mm-hmm. save that for when you really need that coffee so let's let's talk a let's talk about megalith here and and kind of uh nine electric 2.0 is yeah, that man yeah is that fair to say with the with the new uh rhythm section jenny now on bass and nick on drums and and talk about bringing those guys into the fold. no no
1: no nick on drums. okay who's playing uh, drums then our drummer's name is Caleb Hill. Actually, uh, let me tell you just like, the quickest Nick story. He's not in the band. Okay. There you go. There's the story.
0: <laughs> All right. So Caleb on drums. Yeah. So talk to me. I mean, Ginny. Ginny's been around for a while now, right?
1: Yeah, right. Ginny's been in the band since
0: 2017.
1: So a couple years with Ginny. I've done uh, like a good handful of touring with her. She's she's freaking awesome. And um and Caleb is, is the new addition and he's just a hell of a player and um I, I I'm really excited to see what we can all do together. And yeah, we played our first show the other day, uh last weekend. Yeah, the and first killer
0: i like the set list that you guys posted it was good to see some of the old you know stuff from the the damaged ones and then the the new album as well a good good blend of both and um certainly one day is there an overall mission statement for megalith or is this just kind of the next collection of songs i know we've we've talked mikey here and there about like this is the most amount of recording that you guys have ever done the most amount of songs you've ever produced for one album
1: Oh, yeah. Oh uh, Yeah, in the shortest amount of time, too. I think I think you and I, when was the last time you saw We like, talked to the Mike at uh, System and Incubus. Was that when that was? Yeah,
0: I think that was. Yeah, I think that was System and Incubus where we were hanging out for yeah, a while. Yeah,
1: what, what, when was that? Um. That was like... October. Last October. October of 2018, right? Yeah. Yeah. So by then, we had uh, had all the recording done, and I told you, like, well, there's a couple of things. Like, you know, when you say a mission statement in 2.0, it's like, you know... <clears throat> I guess technically we've always been a rock band, but as you know, before there was a lot of like a lot of like electronic and dance influence, and that was that came from one of the guys that left. When-
0: oh, hello,
1: is that Ron? Yep, I'm here. All right, technology, man. It's like you know, like <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a conspiracy theory that they don't want us to talk on the phone. They want us to text, so everything is yeah, uh, yeah. in writing.
0: Right. Like every time yeah. I get on the,
1: every single time I get on the phone, it's either dropped or you can't hear the other person, and then you end up texting, and you're like, all right, cool. No.
0: Yeah, now they got their paper trail. All right, totally. Yeah, so, yep. so, yep. so, all right, so we're I'm, talking.
1: I'm, I'm learning Morse code, man. I'm getting good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I can fart Morse
0: code. Nice. <laughs> we were, so we were talking about the, the new album, all these songs back in, yeah, in yeah. October at uh, at Glen Helen. You were saying that the yeah, album was yeah. pretty much just, done at that just, point.
1: Yeah, just let me sum that up too. Like, so, like I told you, like I I told you there was going to be it was a very hard rock sounding album and I told you that we did a ton of songs in a really short amount of time, which is which was different because before we in the entire six or seven years that we were a band, we recorded twenty one songs. In about half a year we recorded nineteen. So I don't know, I'm not a mathematician but that's that's better better percentage. <laughs> yeah. So so, when you say 2.0, it's like yeah, you know what? Technically, yeah, that's true. But we almost just look at it as just like a complete rebirth. The band is new. Uh, we still have the same name, and that's in Ron and I are in the band, and that's about it.
0: Right. Well, you guys have be, you know? always been the driving force of the band. And wanted to ask too about about the uh, single and bringing Carla. And I know you guys kind of have come to up together in Hollywood. But who who was the one that made the phone call and wanted to bring in Carla for the light? I think
1: Mikey reached out to her. Like yeah, yeah it was me. Reached
0: out to her, but it, it, we. Played with them a bunch. We
1: toured with them, them meeting Butcher Babies. I had done some work on some video stuff for a band called Vices. And um she was kind of like the main character of this, uh, playing this part. So I knew that she was really accountable as far as, like, in a studio setting. So I was really excited to just do whatever we could with her again. And timing just worked out perfectly. She was about to head to Russia when we first reached out to her. We did a little bit of work then. She was just really gracious about her, like, taking the time out to make it happen with us. It was a really nice surprise. Like, I didn't think she would have the time. And she made the time, which was really awesome. It was funny, the way that the idea came about like there actually was a different girl on the song and she was only on it a few lines here and there you know and everybody involved management and the label like they hinted that they really liked the song a lot and they wish that somebody like known was on the track right so whenever I get an idea given to me like that I go into like I just start coming up with ideas and I swear to god I'm at home one night I think it was a weekend and my friend Kirsty was out and about and you know how you just look at people's Instagram stories and whatnot. you know or you like click on them and they, they run in a row right so Kirsty was out and she was actually hanging out with Carla Ah. and she's like oh I love Carla and I saw that and within seconds I was like Carla it's gotta be Carla Carla's been like like, (laughs) yeah Carla's been a friend a long time Carla and Heidi the whole band and um we've never actually worked with Carla aside from Ron working on that video with her and I just thought Carla would be killer so immediately I text my manager and I say uh, hey what do you think about Carla on the track and he writes back for a live recording (laughs) And I go, both, man. And he goes, I love it. So he knows her too. So he actually contacted her and she was like, dude, I'm into it. She's like, send me the track. Let me hear it. And then it just took off really fast from there. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, Ron can attest to this. Things happen in this industry two ways, not at all or super fast. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's true. Yeah, and it happened super fast. And then, boom, like I said, we were off and running, and we needed to get her recorded before she left. And we were able to get a little bit done. And then we did another session with our producer, Sean McGee, when she got back, and that was the finished product.
0: You know, the cool thing about that, hearing her sing on that track, it's a lot of clean singing. And for me in my head, I always felt like Carla did a lot of the growls. So it was kind of cool to Mm -hmm. show off a different side of her that, you know, you don't really get to see in Butcher Baby. She does all the growls pretty much. So it was cool to hear her do some clean singing on your. Tune.
1: Right, totally. I think Carla has a beautiful voice, and so far, you know, look, she's not in our band, she's in her own band. Right. But so far, everybody likes, uh, really likes the way it sounds and is really impressed with her, and I think that's fantastic, you know.
0: Yeah, it's great. But do we have a tour? Are we lining anything up for the summer? What, what's it looking like tour wise for you guys? Yeah,
1: tour decks are being worked on right now. They've been, to be honest with you, they've been a little slow coming in, but um, kind of just how it's been this year for like a lot of bands. They just have to keep chiseling away. <laughs> we had a couple of headline shows already booked. In May, and then we're putting a handful of shows around them. So that's a little short run. Uh, I had another idea for a, a tour run that I sent over to the booking agent and management the other day. So hopefully we can put that together. And then there's a bigger tour that we're working on landing, and that says we have it. So we'll we'll see. We can't tell, we can't really talk about it right now, but we've got an opportunity to to let the world know. We can't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Bottom line is we need to be out there on tour and playing. You know what I mean? So absolutely.
0: Hey, speaking of touring, I wanted to get your guys' take, especially being some guys that, I know it was more Micah, but you certainly recorded with uh, Wayne Static, and now they're doing the Static X regeneration tour this summer and kind of celebrating the the 20th anniversary of Wisconsin Death Trip and kind of wanted to get your guys' take on it, like someone that actually knew Wayne and the guys in Static X.
1: I do have some gut reactions. I I mean, I've known some of the guys for quite a long time who are involved in it, and I really wish them well, but it does did feel at first like kind of unceremonious to me. Mostly, the. Mask that the guy wears, seeing it kind of just—it gave me a, a little bit of a creeped out feeling. I don't want to talk about bunch of shit on it or anything. I, I hope it does well. I hope that you know people are able to remember and honor Wayne in any way that they they can and want to. A little bizarre for me. I wish him well. I agree with Ron too. It's like it's strange. Like first, but first and foremost, the whole thing is strange because those guys were estranged from Wayne, you know, for like the longest time. So. Right I look at it as a couple things It's like It's a way for them To get closure To kind of do their thing And to kind of go back Into a, a situation That they really cherished And they weren't able to do Because they were, it was so Divided you know When Wynn was alive I'm with Ron too The mask thing Is a little strange Look we might, You might go to a show And it might be the most Badass thing ever And you're like Yeah oh, Great <laughs> Yeah But it seems odd And I guess it's, Everybody seems like They know who the singer is But he's like Wearing a mask So I, I, don't, I don't know You know That's a great band And we have A history before with them We've moved forward and they don't have like that same thing going on. There was like a number of people were like, You guys should be on that tour, and I was like, Nah, I don't, I don't really think so. I mean, we could be on that tour, but what was important is that we didn't want to be on that tour because they thought that's where we belong. Right, know? right. And that's just that goes back to like what you said earlier with our music Megalist two As far as they're concerned, I'm with Ron. I hope it's a great tour, it should be fun. I would hope that their you know, the intention to honor Wayne is a true one and you know, hey, get out there and rock and do their thing and it really doesn't matter what, what I think or yeah, anybody else. I could say all I want about, my opinion on it, all those guys involved, from what I understand, knew Wayne much better than I ever did. You know, I right. right. much more time with them. So, I can't tell them I would do anything different. You know what I mean? Right. right. I think Ron's the same here. It's like, I'm not a game band who've had tragic losses of, of their front man or anybody in the band for that matter. Like, not continuing on. Like, I don't piss and moan that William Duvall is the singer of Allison James. I actually think he's awesome. Right. They do a great job and I've seen them tons right. of times right. with, with William and I saw them, I don't know, two, three, four times with Wayne, who's like one of my favorite at all fans singers I think you'll see people in the comments like they should change the name they should do that I'm like those people have no idea how hard it is to create a brand and if they can change were to go and change their name into like, to like Tower of the Gods or something like that and they would have a way smaller fan base and they wouldn't be able to continue on the legacy and the hard work that they created and one guy quite frankly ruined it from dying from drugs and stuff like that you know for himself anyway so I'm not against that just like I'm not yeah. against whoever's singing here with the Wayne thing I guess the one weird thing like well i say again is the guy's wearing a Wayne mask <laughs> yeah you know, I wouldn't be stoked if William Duvall had a, had a Lane Staley massive. Right, right, right. So I would be curious you know, to, to hear their their take on how they arrived at that decision, because I'm sure it was a heavy decision to make, you know? I, mean? I read about it. Funny that you asked Ron, the guy, okay. the math guy, his name is Zero. He calls himself Zero. He said he didn't want to be up on stage and have people look at him like it was him doing the Wayne thing. He wants to, it's almost like a hologram kind of mentality, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah. they're trying to make you feel as much like you're watching Static X and Wayne is, as you can. Is possible. And that's it's a bold move. like a, a tribute. I, I get yeah. that route. And so now my mind is a little eased about it. That makes it a little more sense. Right, right, right. But look, again, none of our business. If I was free to go see it or something like that, I totally would. Yeah, I'll have to
0: check it out this summer. Well, i got to
1: be honest with you. I hope we're not free to see it. I hope we're out on our own tour doing what yeah. we're doing and we <laughs> just hear about it.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Let me get you guys a, a take on something else that, that kind of came out recently is making the rounds and curious your thoughts on The Dirt, Motley Cruz movie. The last night, man.
1: You know what? I haven't even gotten through it yet. I, I've been so busy yeah. in production mode, like doing uh, video edits and, and our own included. I, I haven't even I haven't even sat down to see it yet. But I yeah, you would to- actually you would actually like it, Ron. Look, Ron and I are not the most massive Molly Crew fans. Let's, we're just gonna like, he and I have actually <laughs> discussed this on many occasions. We're big GNR fans, right? Right. And I feel like I feel like there's a GNR and Molly Crew are that same like Beatles or Stones kind of thing, you know? Right. Uh, and even though we both like Molly Crew to whatever degree, yeah, I think I like them more than he does. But again, we're big GNR fans. And Motley Crue is just like, for me, outside of Shout Out the Devil and Too Fast for Love, they have a bunch of good songs on like kind of weak records. Even though Dr. Feelgood's like a great record, I don't like a lot of the material on that, that record. A lot of their softer stuff. But right. I, mean, I, I was much more of a GNR guy, just if you had to like put them up against each other. I mean, right. Because the depth of Axel's lyrics, when he can be. Yeah. It yeah. seems to strike you a little on a more cerebral level than Vince Neal ever could. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know what's funny Nikki writes all those lyrics. Yeah, or Nikki. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. yeah. But not just that, but just, just Vince Neal's delivery of. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely it's it's I agree much completely. more. It's much more primal. Like you're at a CD bar. Right. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So because of that, I got to be honest with you, I had really no no intention to really watch the dirt until I would just like fell on my lap. You know what I mean? Right. So my sisters, like I said, it was with my family, and they asked me, they go, oh, Have you seen a Molly Crew? And I go, No. And, I, and I, I go, I need to watch it, and, and my brother and I goes, Oh, put it on, put it on Netflix and watch it. So I watched it. Right. I'll tell you right now, I watched. It twice in a row. I'm not gonna lie. It was actually really, it was really good. It was super entertaining. It was fun. I thought they did a good job. I saw a lot of people online saying it looked low budge and it was seemed like a kind of like a like a made for TV movie. I didn't really feel that way. I thought it I thought it looked good. I thought everybody did a good job. I, the guy who plays Mick Mars looks a little too much like Danzig for my face. <laughs> so that was even though he was funny and he was doing a good job and I and I got to learn a little bit more about Mars, I thought that was kind of funny. Machine Gun Kelly does a seriously awesome. Tommy Lee, he killed it. Yeah, it was a fun movie, and I, to be honest with you, I like Motley for a little bit more than I did before. I got a funny insight um, uh, about Mick Mars's sense of humor, which I, I don't know how much they put in the movie. It, is it like is he uh, like crazy a dry.
0: Yeah, really crazy dry? Yeah, really dry. He's okay, cynical and
1: dry. <laughs> I know. Um, used to used to work with them, and he got this haircut, and it was like kind of shorter. And he goes, "Hey, you like my haircut?" She's like, "Yeah, it's, it's kind of you know, it's got some edge to it." And he goes, "I think I look." like Diane Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty much what he would uh, say. Because apparently, see, I didn't know this. And, my, and I know plenty of Molly Cruz. Like I said, I'm not, I don't dislike them. I am a fan, just certainly not, not a mega fan, like as we discussed earlier. I knew Mick had that bone disease for a long time, but I didn't realize it was so early in the game. I thought it set on like later. And it's like almost from the word go, he was struggling with it. Yeah. So it makes him kind of just, he's just gruff, you know? And it's funny. It's funny in the context. And it's like, you know, you've been around people like that. I mean, I get, I get like that myself. And it's like, in any given moment, you don't like being around that. But <laughs> in, a, in the context of a movie, he's like the, just the cynical guy. Like, he calls Tommy Lee drummer. And, you know, anytime, he's a like, yeah, drummer. You know, and just stuff like that. And he's just corrupt, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of makes sense. Like, Molly's that kind of band. Like, I, I know Slash the other day said he'd never want to do, like, a GNR movie like that. Right. And see, right there, that's the difference. Guns N' Roses are playing in stadiums, right? Molly went on a massive farewell tour and they played in arenas everywhere. And that's, that's huge, right? But GNR is just above them. In my, <laughs> my humble opinion, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> GNR doesn't need to make a movie because they're not that kind of band. They're like, uh, in a lot of ways, like if Guns N' Roses could, in my opinion, if they could keep pushing the envelope and like come out with a new record that's really fantastic. They're, they're kind of like Queen in a lot of ways. you know what I mean? Like I know Axel's like a huge Queen fan and their music kind of like, It goes into a lot of different places where cruise music doesn't. Cruise music is what it is. Party, Party stripper music. Right.
0: Very good point, very good point. Let me get you guys on on one other thing real quick here, and I appreciate all the time and talking some music and having some fun, and we've we've kind of talked to 80s with Motley, but you know, a couple of years ago there was the big four of thrash metal, right? It was Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, and Megadeth, and that was considered the big four, and I've kind of worked on the evolution of that going into the 90s and adding one to it for what I like to call the flannel five, So, I want to know your favorite out of the Flannel 5, which comprises of Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains.
1: That's tough, because... I, I would say that in the time of of the grunge era, uh, by far, was Alice in Chains. But as time passed on into like, the 2000s, obviously STP was just, like, something beyond all that, I thought. Well, it's so, weird, because is well, not I, I, from I mean, there. So STP. Uh, yeah, that's true, too. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're they're from, actually, they're from San Diego originally. They came along it right at that time. So wait, I, I, I can go in depth on this one or finish your about wrong because I don't want to cut you off. No, no, that, that's it. I'm one of my very, very favorite bands And Allison Chains, too, but yeah. um, I think that SCP just has a, a wider range of what they were able to pull off, obviously. Sometimes it was hit or miss, but, you know, just, I, I can keep it can keep my interest for much longer. I, I can listen to the dirt front to back a hundred times over, though. Right. I mean, with, I mean, dirt, not the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm getting all mixed up here.
0: Alice now in was, Chains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dirt, dirt, dirt. dirt. The other
1: side of things. We're, we're am more of a song picker when it comes to STP. You know what I mean? Also, right. among the albums.
0: Yeah, I think they had the most hits yes. out of ever out of all those bands, like the n- most charted songs, if you will, out of. Uh, for yeah, out of, out of that yeah, list of yeah. bands.
1: Well, for, okay, for me, it's absolutely Alice in Chains. They're number one, right? That, yeah, that is that is one of my all-time favorite bands because, in my opinion, and, and like again, this is another topic that Ron and I have talked about a bunch of times. Like just just through touring and driving out to Vegas and stuff like that, we really like to wax on this kind of stuff. And a lot, there's been a bunch of times where I thought, man, we should have like a podcast or we just talk about albums and bands, cause we love right. talking about, right? Got a lot to say. Yeah, but so Alice and Chains, to me, they are the prototype or the archetype, whatever, of hard rock and metal bands, because so many bands who are still around now have tried to do what we're able to do. They were able to be heavy and super melodic and super deep and super kind of mellow, all in one paintbrush, Yeah, you know what I mean? And I think like really heavy bands who've who stopped wanting to be like overly heavy, try to do what they do it's like oh that's their awesome change record you know what i mean and they're they're able to do yeah. it in their own way <laughs> yeah but they can't do it the same way that lane and yeah. and jerry have been able to do where they have like this deranged heavy music and these beautiful changes and also these lush harmonies and like kind of like serious aggression. When Lane was alive, he was able to be super aggressive with just his voice. A lot of these bands can't do it. I feel like Corey Taylor tries to do it all the time. And he does a really good job on his own of doing it like his way. But he's like the closest that anybody comes to even getting anywhere near that. Right. right. What what about Rush? Rush putting out their Alex and Shane Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they (laughs) had (laughs) the band. I'm not sure. It's Stick It Out. Stick it out. Don't follow the poison. So Alex and Shane was the top one. And then... And then, and then it's like Soundgarden and STP are pretty much tied for me. I'd have to say STP uh, kind of like it was a shame what happened with them because I got so screwed up. The last couple of STP records are kind of weak to me like the, the last one they actually did with Scott. It sounds like a Rolling Stones record and I love the Stones right but I just didn't love hearing Stone Temple like go that far to a weird place and that's the weird thing about STP like every record is like some different opus of whatever sound they're into at the moment and I right. think they nail it almost every time but sometimes especially like on that last Record. I'm just like I don't like these tweed sounding guitars very much, and everything sounds like a sugary poppy. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you do it like Lady Picture Show, and then you have some I other that. songs, yeah, I have some other songs that work with it. This was just like them trying to sound like the Beach Boys and Cheap Trick, and I just didn't like it. <laughs> and, um, That's a good comparison That's- because you know Wyland was still alive and he went downhill so bad, and he was still like kind of in the band. They were a little lower for me than they used to be. I mean, he was my favorite for the longest time, and I actually had some a bunch of like personal. Run ins with him. I, I did some work for him a few times, like painting and shit. And the guy was such a mess. He bummed me out to where I wouldn't even listen to Stone Temple Violet or Velvet Revolver, who I loved a lot too, for like a couple years because I was still bummed on him. Oh, yeah. Man. yeah. And then he passed, and it was like, that sucked. That's the worst thing ever. And I really love and appreciate all of his catalog. Not not really solo stuff. That's an amazing band. And to be honest with you, those three bands that we just talked about right there, huge influence on this new record.
0: That's the flavor. That's where you were going mentally, is is to these guys to the Flannel 5 for inspiration. Pick,
1: pick, well, not, not really Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Okay.
0: Right, but the <laughs> no, other I three. Like
1: Enough, though. Like, you know, there's some guitar guitar runs or tones that you dial in that are reminiscent of that era. That, you know, pick any band. It's, right, it's just, right. Where, where they were reimagining the 70s in a lot of ways with the drier, big room drums again instead of the 80s processed drums. Big wooly guitars and stuff. right. I think for us we were taking like the nineties and turning it into like now. Here's my thing yeah, with those yeah. bands. I love those bands and so does Ron when we listen to the recordings and stuff like that. There's even times where we're like, Okay, Allison is one of my favorite all time bands, right? I'll listen to like the first record or anything and it's kinda like there's an organic thing going on there that totally makes sense at the time that we wouldn't want to do like right now or I wouldn't want to do where like for example like the guitar riff and the bass are not necessarily locked in totally. You know what I'm talking about, Ron? Yeah. Where it's like where it's like the the riff is going yeah. On the bass, going doing like something slightly different. Was like um, yeah, yeah, and that's super rad for for, for them in that record. But we were like, we wanted to make sure that our stuff was tighter and locked in and more like now. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then the electronics, like those bands don't really use any electronic stuff. That's where the Nine Inch Nails and, you know, right. Blomstein or Manson and the stuff that we love also, that's not those bands, Mike, we kind of felt like, Hey, we're let's merge them. And then it becomes our sound because I look, I love Marilyn Manson almost as much as I love Alice in Chains. Right. You know, Manson's another, another guy who has like a really vast catalog where he goes all over the place. But for me, I wanted to take like everything that Manson did, like on Hollywood. And I know loves Mechanical Animals. Yeah, so I just love the depth it. of Mechanical Animals. Yeah, so we took, like, those two records and we're like, okay, how do we make our own version of, like, Dirt and Holywood and Mechanical Animals and With Teeth by Nine Inch Nails and, and this record and maybe some Black Album bigness of, of Metallica and some Beatles sensibility from the White Album or whatever and ACDC, Big Brash, kind of like um, Highway to Hell kind and make it our own music. And not have it sound like, oh, we're clearly Trying to be those bands, and right. that's, what we, that's what We felt like we did. As far as like Just being a collection of songs, I think That both the EP that we That we recorded and the album Which are pretty congruent to each other As far as me and writing lyrics It's definitely, it is a concept Or there is a concept, it, a lot of it's Like, you know, the anthropological Questions of where humanity is going Because it looks like we're at a real crossroads Right now, things are going crazy and And also like merging that with like, you know, personal Your your own personal struggles Like everyone has You know, there's good and a bad side A good and a bad choice At every step that you make So we're at our own crossroads, too I think a lot of those things Just were repeated through Pretty much every song, actually
0: Yeah, totally And relatable totally. for everybody
1: and Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, first and foremost You gotta write stuff That makes sense to yourself You know what I mean? And, and pleases you And get gets something out That you have inside to share And the goal is to have it You know, be understood And be helpful to others. And not in an insulting way, too. Like, you know what I mean? Kind of like, oh, here it is. Like, it's the most obvious cliche thing you could ever hear. This is supposed to help you. Oh, I, I don't like that. And neither does Ron. And look, if anything, I don't want to try to trash talk before, but like, I felt like we had too much of that going on before in our past. Right. And that was like due to the fact that maybe he wasn't writing the words or I wasn't writing all the songs or whatever. This is just really honest, coming from us in a real way. So that lets the person take it and do what they want or need with it in a real way instead of kind of like, Oh, this is you know something I'm supposed to do on
0: Wednesday. Right, it's not paint <laughs> you <know>? by numbers. <laughs> no, right, right, no,
1: exactly.
0: Appreciate all the time, dude. You rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at Z 967 Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on ninety-six-seven KCal Rocks online at kcalfm.com. Adios.